Hello and welcome to Starting Over with Shannon. This is a podcast about fresh starts, new chapters and embracing change and challenge to become a better version of ourselves and create a better world around us. I'm your host Shannon Jenkins and every week I'll be bringing you a different Starting Over story with tips on how to conquer life's difficulties to find greater joy, meaning and purpose. Hello and welcome to a real and raw episode of Starting Over with Shannon. I hope that this episode reaches right into your heart and leaves you with some very important lessons about self-love. But first, thank you so much for being here. Last month, we actually hit an all-time high, a record download numbers and record number of you tuning in to this podcast, Starting Over with Shannon. So much so that we are now in the top 10% worldwide. And I just want to genuinely thank you for the part that you play in that. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for talking about the show. Thank you for sharing episodes with your friends and your family. I am immensely grateful and happy and excited also for all that is to come for this podcast and for you all who bravely dare to continue doing this inner work. But you know what lesson I extracted from this success as such in particular? The importance of consistency. It is such an underrated skill and a key component of success in whatever goal we've set for ourselves. Maybe you're something like me and part of your inner dialogue and self-belief is, I'm just not a consistent person. Well, I can tell you that you can and should challenge that self-belief because you are capable of anything that you truly set your mind, body and soul to. And the more you go on this journey inward, the more you will challenge all of those limiting beliefs that you have. And the more you'll overcome your blockages, your resistances, your fears, and expand in ways that you just didn't think were possible before. You know, there's a quote by Jim Rohn that I heard recently that gave me a moment of pause and reflection. And it goes like this, your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. Now, this podcast is all about your becoming, becoming who you are meant to be, becoming the highest, truest expression of yourself. And it's not about what you do, really, but very often what you do invites you to meet your resistances, your fears, your perceived flaws and limiting beliefs. You know, for me personally, when I started opening up to greater self-awareness, to healing and spirituality, it was really about the 2019 mark, I'd say. And I was listening a lot to Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul podcast. And to this day, she still remains one of my greatest sources of inspiration and guidance. And one thing she regularly spoke about in that podcast was about how life speaks to you in whispers all the time. And those whispers get louder and louder the more that we ignore them. And if we ignore them entirely, that's when we have a 
brick in the face type of moment. Well, I ignored the whispers for a long time. And I had my own brick in the face moment in the form of a narcissistic sociopathic partner who manipulated me, who abused me, who cost me $100,000 or more in legal fees and really led me to the darkest point in my life. But that darkness, that breakdown in many ways was a break open. And for that, at least, I am glad. So, you know, I say in the title, I fell for a narcissist because I lacked this. Can you guess what this was? Self-love. And I'm not talking about a self-absorbed, kind of seeing my strengths from the rooftops kind of self-love, but this deep-rooted inner sense that I am worthy, that I am enough, that I am deserving of goodness. Is that something you struggle with too? I know it's a common one and just know that you're not alone if you struggle with this seemingly on repeat for a many um, number of years. You know, for a variety of reasons, many of us have formed this belief that our worthiness is dependent on things external to us. Our performance at work, our looks, our financial status, our home, how much we do for others, what others think of us. And the problem with that way of being and thinking is that you will never be enough. Seriously, you will be stuck on this hamster wheel chasing things, often things that are outside of your control, and always seeking external validation to fill the emptiness or lack of wholeness that you feel somewhere deep inside. But this was all learnt because you weren't born feeling unworthy. You were born vulnerable and in need of love and care of others, but you weren't born feeling unworthy. It's just that somewhere along the way, you've learnt that you are not enough or that you are only enough if you are a certain way or if you do certain things. I also think that Christian concept, I don't know if any of you are raised in that, the concept of original sin. I mean, that in my view does not help one iota and explains a lot of the shame that people have. But there's so many ways that this manifests for us. It can also be the ways in which we internalize the criticisms of other people and then any future criticism you take as further evidence of your lack of worthiness. One thing that comes up a lot on this podcast that I speak about a lot that even many of my guests have voluntarily offered is that of treating the causes, not the symptoms, as a means of true healing and deep transformation. Guaranteed that for many of you listening, like for myself, this is going to be one of the causes of your unhappiness, your discomfort and your persistent problems in life because you continue treating symptoms, not causes. Let's look at a couple of ways that this commonly plays out. So let's say that you are someone in childhood, you developed a core belief and a core wound that you were not good enough. And this feels like a void or a darkness or an emptiness inside 
you don't like it and therefore you start to compensate and seek ways externally to make you feel a little bit better in there. Maybe you start getting praised in school for being intelligent, for performing better than some of your peers in tests, and then that makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. So then you want more of it. And people don't tend to give you that praise, love, or affection when you aren't doing something clapworthy, so to speak. So you start seeking those certificates, those rewards, that acknowledgement for high achievement. And then later on, the continued pursuit of high status positions and promotions at work. This way of being most likely brings you highs and lows. And you start to build this self-concept that you have an external performance, an external you that you show the world that is good and worthy and performs well enough. But then there's also the flip side of that and you see yourself as having this inner part of you that is weaker, that is more sensitive, that leads to self-sabotage and it's very much the part that you want to deny, reject and hide from or at least certainly hide it from the rest of the world. So in in private, you might battle with self-doubt, inner criticism, negative critic, poor body image, emotional ups and downs, and a lingering sense of inadequacy. And like I said, you tend to reject and deny that part of yourself and strive to be this high-performance, competent, best-self-you all the time. Only that's not possible. And it is certainly not the route to healing, nor is it the route to greater self-love or even self-acceptance. And something that I believe we are all united in seeking, which is this authentic sense of wholeness, that we are complete. And when there's a part of us that we seek to deny or reject, we're never going to feel that way. Another way I see this playing out, this belief that we said developed in childhood, the core belief and wound that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy of love and joy and success, knowing that it might not always be conscious. You might intellectually think that you are worthy, but physically, emotionally, subconsciously, you don't. And again, you have that void or darkness, that feeling of emptiness inside. It's a feeling you want to avoid naturally. So you start again to seek ways to make it feel a little bit better in there. And perhaps you're the type that you work out if you stay small, unassuming, uh, don't do things that draw too much attention to yourself, you will avoid criticism and judgment from other people. Maybe you thought about starting your own business or going for a promotion at work, but you then decided not to go for it perhaps justifying it to yourself that you're just not capable of it or somebody else is much better or that you're not ready yet, you need to learn a lot more or competition is just way too fierce. But overall, it's fear and this underlying belief of not enoughness that paralyzed you. And you then sabotage your own chances of success because you can't stand the idea that you would be given yet more evidence about how unworthy you are. And when this happens, I I hear a lot of people kind of compensate in private and avoid, continue this avoidance of negative feelings by overeating or overdrinking or engaging in constant busyness or distractions, numbing behaviors. 
But oftentimes, a lot of these things just leave you with most more self-loathing, and that vicious cycle is perpetuated. I mean, these are just a couple of scenarios that I have seen that either I found myself in or I've witnessed in people around me. And they're often a reflection of this internal belief that you are not good enough and you are not worthy. But there are so many more. You know, I think there are so many of us struggling with this exact problem to varying degrees, even the people that we think are not that way. Namely, narcissists that I was speaking about in my own circumstance. I know my ex-partner had a deep-seated sense of self-loathing. But was he willing to look at that at all? Absolutely not. But here are some messages that I really want to share with you if you're finding yourself in this description. To the perfectionist, I want you to know this. There is nothing inherently wrong with wanting to achieve or wanting to perform to the best of your ability. The problem is when you are wanting to achieve to fill a perceived lack within. You know, in Buddhism, there's this notion of non-attachment to outcomes as a means of accessing greater inner peace thing is, you are not going to want to detach from the outcomes of your efforts if you are linking those outcomes to your core worth. You've just, you've got to stop putting your self-worth on the table like that. Like it's something conditional, like it's something negotiable, like it's something that you relentlessly have to prove. And also be aware of this addiction to external validation. Because even if positive praise, likes, certificates, all of that feels good in the moment. It can also make you far more susceptible to being knocked off balance whenever you receive negative criticism. But there's a lightness and an ease that you can bring into your life that will make you so much happier. And there is for sure an inner child in there that is asking for you to acknowledge him or her. And it's most likely linked to that part of yourself that you want to deny and hide away from everyone else. But you need to face that and start applying much greater self-compassion and self-forgiveness. To the self-saboteur, I want you to know this. You are not broken. You are whole. You just don't know that yet. You're worthy of love and you deserve to live a life full of happiness and growth and joy. And you may want to avoid acknowledging or feeling any of that shame and guilt and fear that you've trapped inside. I know, I get that. That's so normal. We don't want to feel uncomfortable or in pain. But gaining the courage to actually truly see that, to feel that, that will lead you to the life that you truly want to live. And I say this with such sincerity because I genuinely know what it is like to feel this way. For a long period of time, I lived my life this way and I still get many of the triggers now, you know, even even after years of this healing journey and external help and retreats and therapy and doing what I do for a living, I still feel that at times. I'm not applying this kind of false expectation that it's going to be ended forever, that I'm never going to get triggered. It's going to happen. But I've also, I've also gained, or at least I've also tasted life 
on the other side of this. And I know that it is too good to not dare to do this inner healing work. And that's why, you know, even though this chapter in being with and separating from a narcissist was so difficult, I'm also so glad that it happened in retrospect because it broke me open and laid my soul bare and it forced me to truly see how my lack of self-worth and self-love was causing me to self-sabotage in love, in work and so many more areas as well. And overall, it just opened me up to this new, more fulfilling and loving way of living that I now want to carry with me for the rest of my life. The thing the thing is, real transformation begins when we start to embrace our challenges and problems as opportunities for growth. And resisting that temptation to solve all of our so-called inner disturbances by protecting ourselves, that kind of self-protect, withdraw, self-isolate. We have a variety of ways of doing it. But analogy that I found super useful and memorable in all of making all of this click actually internally is from the spiritual teacher, Michael Singer and his book, The Untethered Soul. And in it, he speaks about how we need to remove our inner thorn. I just want to actually read you a little excerpt from this book because I think he explains it beautifully. Well, it is his book. (laughs) Anyway, he says, imagine you have a thorn in your arm that directly touches a nerve. And when the thorn is touched, it's very painful. Because it hurts so much, the thorn is a serious problem. It's difficult to sleep because you roll over on it. It's hard to get close to people because they might touch it. It makes your daily life very difficult. You can't even go for a walk in the woods, he says, because you might brush the thorn against the branches. And this thorn is a constant source of disturbance. And to solve the problem, you only have two choices. The first choice is to look at your situation and decide that since it's so disturbing when you touch the thorn, you need to make sure nothing touches it ever again. The second choice is to decide that since it's so disturbing when things touch the thorn, you need to take it out. And it makes so much sense, right? And we see this manifesting in so many different areas. I mean, somebody might have a fear of rejection and of losing love, so they choose not to commit to anyone to prevent it from happening. That's the first choice that Singer describes in action. Make sure nothing touches the thorn. Or going back to the theme of today's podcast, that of self-love, your thorn is this persistent belief that you are not worthy of love and you try to avoid that thorn being touched by moving around it, maybe with praise from others, noteworthy achievements, constant busyness, only it doesn't always work. So you overeat or you overdrink to self-soothe or you feel plagued with constant self-doubt and self-criticism and self-loathing. The trouble with this first method, this first method that Singer describes about trying not to have the thorn touched in any way, is that it is a lifelong work because you will constantly be thinking and behaving in a way that stops things from touching this thorn or this underlying belief of unworthiness. But what about the second choice in action? What if you could remove that thorn and be free? I mean, this is what 
it means to treat the causes, not the symptoms. And that's what liberation actually is. Because if you do not do this, you're going to be controlled by the desire to protect this thorn from hitting the nerve as much as possible. And it's exhausting. Never mind blocking you from that joyful, authentic and expansive life that I know that you want. So what can you do about it? Okay, so I want to share with you the three things that I believe have most significantly contributed to my improved sense of self-love and self-worth and which I believe could help you too. So the first thing is deep inner work. And by that, I mean connecting to, witnessing and releasing emotional pain. Strangely, what comes to mind actually in this moment is a book that I've read to my son, William. Maybe you read this too growing up. I think it's, I don't know, it was written back in the 50s or something. It's called We're Going on a Bear Hunt. And the repeated lines are, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh no, we've got to go through it. Squelch, 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 etc. I don't know why that random thought popped into my head. Well, okay, I do. I think where I'm going with this is that there's a sentiment that you have got to go through something. It doesn't work going over and under and around all of that pain and discomfort about not feeling good enough. You have got to find the courage to go right to the core, to meet that shame, that pain, that fear with an open and vulnerable heart. And it can be really hard, but I absolutely know that it is worth it. You know, sometimes that is really daring to go back down memory lane with the express intention of facing the memories of those events that happened in childhood that made you feel unworthy, humiliated, embarrassed, ashamed. You know, for so many of us, probably more than we think, actually, that unworthiness stemmed from either physical, emotional, psychological or sexual abuse or neglect. And an emotion that is particularly linked to low self-worth is that of shame. Shame and self-worth go hand in hand. And shame is really that emotion that says, I am bad. Like at my core, deep within, I am bad. It makes you want to withdraw, self-isolate, hide, keep secrets. And it's kind of hot and sticky as an emotion, something where it's just like, oh, I cannot sit with this and be in it. But in my experience, when I dared to visit that shame, I felt so much lighter afterwards. Like it wasn't easy for sure. You know, in fact, I remember a time at a retreat I went to, we were in small groups and of about four, three or four, and we had to open up about something that we had stored shame around and really connect with conscious awareness to all that was happening in our bodies and minds during that experience. Oh my God, I wanted to flee. Like you have no idea. I think every part of me internally was like, get out of here right now. Or otherwise the mind was going like, Jesus, give me a refund already. God, why did it bring myself here? But I'm glad I stayed. And even if I sweated more than I would have on a 10K run, Okay, actually, who am I kidding? I don't run 10Ks, five maximum. (laughs) I sweat a lot, basically. It was like everything was pouring out of me. I felt super uncomfortable. But actually afterwards, it was like 20 kilos had just evaporated 
off of my body. I mean, to have the help of a counsellor, yes, but also to be in this small group of other compassionate people with all of us daring to open up, no one judging or judging me or saying that I was unworthy or weird or whatever, but actually looking at me with kind eyes and holding a gentle, warm, compassionate space. Oh, that was so incredibly healing. And I realized through that group experience that we all had something to share, something that we didn't want to talk about. But I think this is the other thing about shame is that it makes us feel disconnected and separate from others. Like we, and only we, have something to hide away. But I learned through that beautiful experience that this is just a common part of humanity. So without doubt, the deep inner work was truly transformational for me. And the second thing that's helped me a lot, something I admittedly also am still working on, and that is cultivating a compassionate, self-compassionate mindset. If you have low self-worth, you definitely, I mean, definitely have a fierce inner critic. You judge yourself for making mistakes, for perceived failures, for not being good enough, and you speak to yourself in a way that you would never dare to speak to anyone else, with some exceptions. <laughs> but no, the most powerful antidote to this inner critic of yours is going to be self-compassion. You've got to start offering yourself support and encouragement rather than being critical and nasty and judgmental whenever you face difficulties in life. So in practice, this could mean when you feel like you're messing up or you're feeling inadequate, you pause and you say to yourself something like, I'm doing the best I can right now and that is enough. Or everyone makes mistakes, it's human. It can be quite hard, I find, to give yourself that at first, especially also to catch yourself in the right moment. That's why I drill on and on about self-awareness because actually stopping that Stream, negative stream of thoughts can be really challenging. But when you do offer yourself one of those self-compassionate sentences rather than beating yourself up, which only takes you further down that negative spiral. But like I said, it can be hard to do this at first. So if you're in that space right now, it's awesome that you're listening to podcasts like this or maybe also having a close friend, somebody that you trust uh, and love who can give you that reminder from time to time to just go easy on yourself. That will really help you build better coping skills, resilience, and help you move further towards self-acceptance. And then one day, even self-love. It takes conscious effort, of course, but again, it's well worth the effort. And the third thing that has really helped me to improve my sense of self-love and self-worth is cultivating a spiritual connection. For me, that actually started through listening to the Super Soul podcast that I mentioned earlier and all of these interviews with spiritual thought leaders and that above all made me feel more peaceful, more loving, more open, more trusting in life. And I won't deny, obviously, there's been a part of intellectual curiosity as well, the exploration of subjects like what is the nature of our existence? What happens after death? Do we have a soul? Is there an eternal part of us that transcends this current life? And maybe if you've listened to a couple of the previous episodes that I've recorded with my now husband, David Peru, his whole 
field of work is on these consciousness topics. So of course I couldn't escape from it in that respect either. But what lingered for me before the beliefs, before the intellectual debate and answers and questions, it was just this feeling of inner peace and a sense of being connected to something much larger than myself. Because if I was a part of a greater whole and there's a sense of us all being interconnected and that somehow gave me a lot of comfort to move through stressful periods in my life and also to improve my self-worth because I ended up really allowing myself to feel, believe, think that there's a part of me, a deeper part of me and you that is untouched by life's trials and tribulations, a part that is pure and loving and still and calm. And maybe this spiritual journey is something that you want to explore more too. And if that is the case, I'll leave you and everyone with a couple more of Michael Singer's words on this. And he says, going back to what we said before about the thorn in your side, you free yourself from that by finding yourself. You are not that pain you feel, nor are you the part that periodically stresses out. None of these inner disturbances have anything to do with the true you. You are the one who notices these things. And if you sit within the self for long enough, you'll experience the strength of your inner being always, even when you're feeling weak. And that is the essence of a spiritual life. You see, you are not unworthy. There is no part of you that is truly unworthy. You are the one who is aware of those beliefs and feelings that you have about yourself. And I am sure that you have what it takes within you to remove that thorn and to cultivate lasting self-worth and self-love. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. If you think that this will just sit or touch the right place in somebody that you know, I would super appreciate it if you shared it with them or otherwise left me a quick review or rating wherever you're listening to this. It's always so wonderful to read your reviews and it makes me feel like I'm actually connected to people, not just always talking to my screen, like there's people listening to me. So I would really, really appreciate it if you reached out. But I hope you all have a wonderful week, guys. And remember, you are worthy, worthy, and you deserve to have a life of self-love, joy, and happiness. Mm -hmm.